Hi everyone and welcome back to Deadly Archives. Uh, I'm Drew. And I'm Anna. And I'm really tired. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we're just gonna get into the case then. It's been a really long time since we've done anything. Yeah, it's all your fault. It really has been. I've been so busy and I just haven't had time to, to write or research. But I did today and I'm ready to present the case. So, per typical, Drew doesn't know what I'm about to say. But I sure do. And it'll be fun, right? Sure. Sure. This case is kind of it's kind of gross, but it's okay. But you picked it. I did pick it because I didn't know what else to pick. And I like it. it it's not it should be pretty quick. Of course you like it. I do. It's it's interesting. Um so for starters, I want to say this case it was the first woman in Australian history to ever be sentenced to life. Of course, it's an Australian. <laughs> you don't even know the case yet. Okay. Well, it's an Australian, okay? Aust- what? Australian. Oh, I thought you said... I don't even know what I thought you said. Austria. Austria. Is it a place? Yeah, Austria's a place. Oh, oops. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, so the girl that we're going to be talking about today is Catherine Mary Knight. Spelt in, or spelt with a K, like the fighting knight. What? That's what? me. Oh, you're yeah, you're a knight in shining armor. Um, Catherine was born on October twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five, and right now she's sixty six years old. Did that sure? math? I am sure. Where is she? She's in Australia still. I thought she died. She's not dead yet. She's, yet. She's still alive. She's sixty six. Uh. I thought she was hung. No, she's not hung. Why not? Because she's sentenced to life. She's not dead yet. She's 66. So she's going to die. They're just Eventually, it. no, everyone is going to die at some point. Yeah, when I say it's not cool. Because I'm not, like, wishing death upon her yet. I'm not either. I'm you just You might saying. be when we're done with this. So, she's 66 years old now. She was born in Tenerfield, New South Wales in Australia. Um, Catherine Knight was born and raised in an unconventional and dysfunctional family. Big uh-oh moment, because that seems to be a common trend with all of these not-so-great Aren't people. most families dysfunctional? Not- <laughs> I wouldn't say that, no. <laughs> um, but hers is really dysfunctional, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, her mother's name was Barbara Rohan. Who's a kid Barbara? Um, the Thorley family did. Because like her maiden name was Thorley. Barbara Thorley. Um, she'd been married to a Jack Roman. Roham. Jack Russell Terrier. However you say. And I'll say an Australian accent. Uh, Jack Roham. That was not <laughs> no. Australian. Oh, that no. That was, like... That was country. Country, but, like, you're trying... That was really to bad. To make it country. Okay, well, picture me doing a perfect Australian accent. Jack Roham. Um, they lived in a small town in Aberdeen, New South, Nor- New South Wales, in Hunter Valley. Think of, like, talking in cursive. That's what they sound like. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm going, I'm going down to the barbie, mate. Jack that's Rohan. Like, that's, a, that's better. Jack Rohan, thank you. Okay. Let's go and get into Barbara Rohan first. Barbara and Jack, or well, I guess it's both of them. Like brother and sister? No. Oh. Barbara and Jack both had four sons together, um, but, uh-oh, Barbara- They're dead. No, Barbara is a little, a little, 
adulterer. Yeah. Barbara cheated on Jack with Ken Knight, a friend and a co-worker of her husband. (gasps) That's low. Yeah. That's like, that's, no. And in their small town, Aberdeen, it caused a huge scandal. Everyone knew about it. Even, it was so bad that the backlash forced Barbara and Ken to move to Moore, a different town, to get away from all of the drama. None of her four sons went with her, and her two oldest boys continued to live with her father, and the two younger sons were raised by their aunt. Her her husband, you mean? Yeah, their father. Her ex-husband now, she's cheating on him. But, um... We said her father. Oh, sorry, no, the son's father, um... So two of them, the two oldest stayed with their father, and then the two younger ones moved in with the father's sister um, in Sydney, Australia. They really did not want to go with their mom. No. Um, Barbara had four additional children with Ken, including two girls born in 1955 in Tenderfield. This is the murder. Are they twins? Already? No. The two girls are not twins. Is Barbara the murder? No. Barbara's the mom. is Catherine. Yeah. So the two girls, one of them is Catherine. Yeah. Oh. Don't you worry, I, I got this. In 1959, when Knight, with when Catherine Knight was four, Jack Roman died, the uh, first husband of Barbara. He died, and the two older boys that had been living with him moved in with Barbara and Ken. There's a lot of names being thrown around, but... Ken, the doll? Yes. But they don't want to live with her mom. They didn't, but then their dad died, they and they didn't want to go to Sydney. Aunt. I know. I don't know why they didn't, but they thought it would be a better idea or to move in with their mom. If they're, like, if they're, like, 18, why didn't they just move in by their own place? I don't know. I don't know. It's they're Australia. Stupid. Are they still alive? I don't know. I think Is so. the mom still alive? No. Why not? No. Let's go ahead and move into Ken Knight now. We're going to do a little backstory on him. Does she kill her him. sister? No. Does she kill any of her brothers? No. No killing in the family. You'll find out. Well, that makes for no drama. There is a lot of drama in the family. Don't you worry. I'm about to get. I'm about to get into it. We're gonna go and talk about Ken Knight. So Ken Knight is the man that Barbara had an affair with. So keep that in mind. Does he have an affair with her? Uh, no. He does a lot worse. Kills her? No. Uh, so Catherine's father, Ken, was a really bad alcoholic. Does he beat them? Yeah. He was very violent and would often rape Barbara, like, like often in front of the kids. Um, and in turn, Barbara had told her daughters intimate details of their sex life and how much she hated men, which, spoiler alert, really going to rub off on Catherine later in life. Uh, when Catherine came to her mother about how some of Catherine's partners were kind of forcing her into these, like, sexual relationships that she didn't want to be in... Her mom told her to, quote, put up with it and stop complaining. I want the mother dead. Yeah. And now the father dead. I want all of them dead. They die, though. So that's good. She they're murders gone. them? No. Oh. No, they're just died. They're old. So, um, Catherine claims that she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family, though not by her father. So, but that's controversial. And that happened until she was 11. But people in the family say that she was um, assaulted by the father. But she just didn't want to say it out loud. Um, and I have done a lot of research. And some people seem to completely, like, dismiss Catherine's, like, 
childhood of abuse, and I don't think that should be dismissed, because I feel like that will definitely play into what happens later. Isn't that what you are talking about earlier, that one? Yeah. Like, those one, two, like, those two guys? Yeah, so I was, like, listening to a few different podcasts about this, and it was like not... guys that are saying it. Mm-hmm, and they were, like, very much um, dismissive of all of this, and it, it really does play... I Probably. Yeah. Of course, millennials. <laughs> and they really did play into this. Or they didn't play into us. They were like, it doesn't matter, you know? But it does matter. And it's a really big traumatic event that definitely influenced her life. Well, it's usually a traumatic event that, like, causes them to snap. Exactly. And so after after age 11, when all of this assault allegedly stopped, um, she started to grow up a little bit. She attended Mils- okay, Musselbrook High School either Muswellbrook or Muswellbrook. Um, and Catherine became a loner, and she's remembered by classmates as a bully who stood over small children. So she would, like, you suck kind of thing to little kids, which is not very nice. But she was a loner. She was a loner, but she was, like, a bully. Like, she was, like, in her own corner. She didn't have any friends to, like, back her up. It wasn't, like, a mean girl kind of thing. That was, though. Well, no, I'm like, the movie. Like, it's not, like, mean girls. It's not, like, the group of people who are mean. It's just one person. Uh, she, at school, she had a pretty bad reputation. She assaulted at least one boy with a weapon. I don't know what the weapon was, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say a knife. That's not a very far limb. We'll find out later. A book. Maybe. (laughs) I don't think a book's a weapon. Uh, anything Um, can be a weapon. If you throw it hard enough. And she injured Uh, a a teacher. Uh, a pair of headphones, a blanket, (laughs) a spoon. Yeah, a fork. Uh, a piece of wood. That's probably the most weapon-like. A door handle. Yeah. like, I'm talking, like, a small piece of wood. Like, oh, like a splinter. Like, as big as my finger. Okay. So, I had left off, she injured a teacher as well. Paper. Paper cuts. That's true. Okay. Those things hurt. So this is her rap sheet so far. Bully. She was assaulted. She assaulted a boy. She injured a teacher. That's that's the violent streak that we have so far. Okay. Keep that in mind because when she wasn't this violent streak and wasn't enraged, she was a model student. She earned awards for having great behavior and got really good grades. Yeah, she assaulted a teacher (laughs) and another student. But she was great. She was really good at school. But so this is when I started to question her mental stability, especially in the theme of being bipolar and bipolar disorder. That was something that I had thought about a lot at the beginning of this research. Um, and that's something that'll come into play later, but I do want you to keep that in mind as we progress, that she may have bipolar disorder and some other mental illnesses. You know, a polar pop pop sounds really good right now. A polar pop? Yeah. Or a pina colada. Dude, Mm -hmm. those always sound good. What's a polar pop? A polar pop? Is it like a, like a popsicle? Or is it like the slushy things? No, it's like the, the the drinks at the gas station, the big cups. Oh. A Polar Pop. I didn't know that they were called that. <laughs> yeah, they're called Polar Pop. That's kind of a fountain drink. No, it's a Polar Pop. Oh. It even says on the cup, Polar <laughs> Pop. I never, like, noticed that. I thought you were just messing around for a minute. You're no, being serious. No, I am being serious. I never noticed that. 
What was no that? one's told you that? No, the... I was thinking of the polar bear, you know, like the slushies, the ice drinks yeah, before they, have, they were like slushies. Think, no, it's either Ice Cube, I think, or Hello. Really. It's something like that, yeah. No, Coca Cola has the polar bear. And they have a Santa Claus. They do? I thought they just had the polar bear. No, they. Why do they need both? To embrace the cold. They don't have any green. There's no Christmas. Um. That's stupid. Go on. Okay. After leaving school when she was 15, similar to the Black Dahlia case, she left school early. Um, she, she still hadn't learned to read or write. No, not, you're really back on that again. We gotta, (laughs) we really need to break that. Um. She's tutoring the kid she's bullied. She's killing someone. No, but she's about to get her dream job. So just I swear if she hurts an animal, I'm going to find her. Does she, does she hurt an animal? Anna. Not really. Does she? No, not really. She gained... Okay, okay. Not her, really? No, not really. Her first job was at a clothing store. Twelve months later, she started to be what referred... <laughs> You're stressing me out. Twelve months later, she started working her dream She's job. Pregnant. No, she started working her dream job at a local abattoir, which is a butcher shop. Of course. She started working at a butcher shop, <gasps> and she said it was her dream job. And, and Ken Knight... What is Knight, his name? Hewitt. Thomas. Nope. Thomas Hewitt? Nope. Han, Bubba, uh, nope. What? Han, what's his last name? I don't know. You Scary keep movie. thinking, I have no clue. He's cannibal. He skins people. He makes Cannibal Lecter? No, that's the psychologist, or, oh. uh, what are we- She's described as a female Hannibal Lecter. Person that studies brain people help. A psychologist. Psychologist. I, you keep thinking silently. I'm gonna keep talking. No, he's just- Ken Knight was also working at a butcher shop for the listeners who don't want to listen to her brainstorm. I don't like pork. Pork is disgusting. I don't like pork either. No, what is his name? I there's, don't know. There's two different. Ma- uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Cha- oh, I don't there's know his Baba name. There's Baba from, like, one, and there's Thomas. Ta- I think it's Thomas Hewitt and then Baba, what's his last name? Can't think of it. I really want to know it. I don't know. If it comes to you, just shout it. I will. Okay, so at her dream job at the butcher shop, she was quickly promoted to boning. Which is, like, before she, like, <laughs> killed the animals, but now she, like, takes apart the bones and, like, skins them. Make um, soup broth. She definitely does experiment. Um, Does she turn out to be cannibal? After she was promoted, she got her she very own cannibal. set of butcher knives. She never ate anybody, apparently. apparently. She got her very own set of, sets of butcher knives. She does her animals. This is what the butcher is for. At home, the knife. Anna, she is killing animals. Okay, I know. I actually left a part out that'll happen later that I won't go into depth because I don't want to make you sad. Why? So, because it's... Did she kill a dog? <gasps> Why would you tell me this? I didn't. I didn't tell you anything. Okay, You okay. shook your head. Drew, okay, listen, listen. She had a big set of butcher's knives that she hung above her bed. And kept Oh, there. so it just falls and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly she like, said, no. kills the dog? Drew, this is a direct quote from her. It says, quote, would always be handy if I needed them in reference to the fact that they were above her bed. She put them, not just above her bed, like her future like husbands, she would take the knife set with her and put it above their bed. Like she, this was a traveling knife set for her. She loved it. Like just hanging or just, just hanging down? No, hanging. Like So upper. it just suddenly falls in their sleep and it kills the husband? I, 
I cannot confirm or deny that. Yet. Dude. Catherine then met a co-worker named David Stanford Collette in 1973. I don't know, but he worked at a butcher shop, Is it? So. Oh, no. Don't they take that from the Bible? David? Yeah. David's a biblical name, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read the Bible. Biblical is such a weird word. <laughs> I love saying it. <laughs> biblical. Okay. So, like I just said, she met her co-worker, David Stanford Kellett, um, while working at the butcher shop, and let's go ahead and dive a little bit into them, or to David. Uh, Kellett engaged in heavy drinking, similar to Catherine's father, <gasps> but Is this- Is he being raped there? No. Um, Is he good? He's, he's pretty good. I, he was drinking as a result of two traumatic events that happened when he was working his previous railway job. Did he um, get ran over twice? No, he actually, his best friend was killed in front of him by oh a God. shunting accident. I don't really know what that means. Because I don't do trains. I did. It, like, it just has to do with trains. Like, the train moving was, that something happened. Um, and he rescued injured occupants off of school bus in Kempsey, which had been struck by a train that killed six kids. So, he had been through some stuff, and that caused him to kind of start drinking and be not super, you know... Chill. Wow. Yeah. So eventually he lost his job due to the deterring behavior and performance because of his heavy binge drinking kind of thing that he had going on, which is no fun. I so want to binge watch some movies. We can after this. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, that's a TV show. <laughs> that's a good it's show. really good. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is probably Charles. He's more like you. I stan. I love him so much. He's so funny. Have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I have, yeah. And then Jake. And then Rosa, she plays... Uh, she plays in Encanto. Yeah, she's Mirabelle. I was going to say, she plays in Modern Family. She plays oh. uh, Gloria's sister. And then Gina. Gina is my absolute favorite. She's not my favorite. What? She's yeah. chill, but I like Charles more. Yeah, but like Gina, she's like, she's like she cares, but she doesn't care. And Terry, I love Terry. Yeah. And Holt, I love Holt. Amy, I'm not a big fan of Amy. She's too. She's uptight. very much like. Mm, like she's, I don't. Yeah. She plays. She's very awkward and stiff. Yeah, not a big fan. No. Um, speaking of not a big fan, I'm not a big fan of ooh, David and Catherine's ooh, marriage. Ooh. And Scully and, um, Hitchcock. Hitch, Hitch, Hitchcock? Hitchcock? Yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah, him. Uh, actually, I don't, like, I don't like him much. I like Scully, though. I love I Scully. Too. So, back to David and Catherine. Now we're gonna move into their marriage. They met, they fell in love, they got married. Um, they got married rather quickly, and because of that, it resulted in being kind of a bad marriage. They didn't really get to know each other. And that one lady (laughs) that loved food, and he loved food, and it was a really weird relationship. They were gonna get married, and they were gonna move away and leave everybody, but Jake got him to stay in. I I really think this one's a little bit weirder. Um, Weirder? Weirder, yeah. David, um said that Barbara had told him, this is a direct quote from David speaking on behalf of Barbara, of what she said to him. So Barbara is Catherine's mom. Keep that in mind. I'm going to paraphrase her quote because I don't know if we're allowed to say curse words on this or not, so I'm not going to. Sure you can. I'm not going to. (laughs) Not yet. Um, So this is a paraphrase quote from Barbara, from David, 
Um, and it says, you better watch this one or she'll effing kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do her at the wrong time. You're effed. Don't ever think of cheating on her because she will effing kill you. That's what... Uh, you could have said that. I could have. Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what Catherine's mom said about Catherine. Well, to her she, husband. I think she's going to be right here soon. I think she's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then this is a direct quote from and David. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. End quote. I wonder where she gets it from. Yeah. You're telling me. So on their wedding night, um, this they is not funny. Cake. <sighs> they did a little more than eating cake. Uh, Catherine tried to strangle David after he fell asleep. Um, I think that she's, I think that Catherine is a sexual sadist. They had intercourse three times that night and then he fell asleep and then she tried to kill him because it wasn't enough. She like couldn't get off. Yeah. Um, so I think a pillow, a rope, what? Her fit, her, like her hands. She'd like try to choke him. weak. (laughs) Shit. She should at least do it properly. I don't think we should be testing that little Miss Catherine. I would not. So the marriage proved particularly violent on one occasion um, when Catherine was very pregnant. Uh, she burned. So she d- she is pregnant. She, she gets, gets pregnant. Yes, yeah, she is, Does by she him. cheat on him? No. Um, she burned all of uh, she burned Caleb's clothing. No, 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 no. She burned all of David's clothing. Did she kill her baby? Does no. the baby survive? Yes. She, she has kids? Yes. Are they crazy? Are they No, killed? they're fine. Are they alive? Yes. What's her name? How many? Enough. David. Does she have four? She has enough kids. David, um, she burned all his clothes and shoes and then hit him across the back of the head with a frying pan. I was about to say shoe. No. But frying pan works. Um, because, this was all because he arrived home late from a darts competition at a bar. Darts? Really? Yeah. He, he's, he, like, again, was a heavy drinker, frequented bars, got he good at darts. He could pick something else. Like, what about a chef? A bowl. <laughs> I don't think he was worried about Tennis. his occupation. Baseball. Or his habits. So in May... Video games. In May 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann, uh, oh. David left Knight for another woman and moved to Queensland. <gasps> Understandably, I would also leave Catherine. I will kill him. <laughs> she wanted to. Um, the uh, So basically, a few days after she found out that David just up and left there. Catherine decided that it would be a really good idea to did go she into keep town. The kid, or did he take her? I'm gonna get to it. Um, I want to know now. Okay, she it was she kept the kid. Okay. Um, so she went into town with a knife and then slashed the face of a woman. I was gonna say tires, but okay. No, she went quick. Just and random then, woman. Yeah, and then she took a little boy hostage. <gasps> With the knife, threatening him. That, and then the police caught her. what? Just because she was angry. And just she cause... wanted to go find her husband. Find her husband? Or yeah. her a husband? Her husband. The one that ran away. Like, left her. Oh, um, David? Yeah. The so, biblical dude. Yeah. So then she got admitted to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. Because the police, like, obviously. Van Morris. Nope. Is that her name? Van. Nope. Van. Nope. Hold on. Morissette, lady, singer. I don't know. Keep going. I don't know. Um, but so when she got out of the hospital... Alana which... Morissette. Yes, oh, her. I'm pretty sure I that's her I don't know who that is. I don't know. Okay, keep going. Okay, so after she got out of the hospital, she went back to the butcher shop 
but she hurt her back and went on disability. Oh my god. So she Did no she longer... hurt her back strangling someone? Or killing? No. I she just could she was just a little weak woman. That's mm. not true. But she couldn't like... No, she killed animals. Yeah. And apparently a dog. Okay, so after Wait, did she kill a dog? How? I'm gonna I'm literally about to get there. Did she skin it alive? No. I'm she gonna did? get there, Drew. Did she just wait like the, like Drew, a, you just have to like wait the, Drew. The dude I, that plays Scream. Okay, he, Pinky Promise, we're gonna get there. Uh, you just have to wait. Like I mean really it's three bullet to, like, points down. Forward. Okay. Now she meets David Sanders. Saunders, Sanders. I understand there. So, Catherine met 38-year-old miner David Saunders in 1986. He's going to die in a mine. Have I ever what? died in a mine? No, he is. Oh, he, he doesn't. Oh. Um, a few months later, he moved in with her and her daughter, although um, he kept his old apartment in Scone, just in case. Scones are gross. Catherine soon became very jealous um, in regards that he did not, you know... He didn't really provide for her enough. He wasn't around enough for Catherine, so she threw him out. But she did that a lot. She'd like be like, get out of here. Actually, come back. I need you. So it was like that kind of thing. Uh, so, in May 1987, uh, as an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair with her. Does she drown him in a barrel of acid? No, this is the dog thing. <gasps> um, she, did she kill his dog? Yeah, in front of him. What kind was it? It was a puppy. <gasps> she's a monster uh, yeah she should have been hung she yeah so not live we're gonna she go fast over that part exactly so she's not a great gal obviously so shortly no, after a while ago yeah in june 1988 she had a third kid but this time with david named sarah so it's her third kid <gasps> sarah we just watched a movie with sarah <gasps> sarah Stella. 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 Yeah. We just watched scary stories to tell in the dark. It was pretty chill. It was okay. Yeah. I watched it yeah, a I watched while it ago for the first and time. it seemed scary, but now I've watched a lot of scary movies. It's not that scary. Yeah. So, um, after their third kid, there was, this is like when the marriage started to escalate a little bit or the, the relationship. Uh, she hits Saunders in the face with, um, an iron before What's with her and metal? I don't know, but then she stabbed him in the abdomen with a pair of scissors. Oh. Yeah, so that was not... She was really not happy at him. So, because of this, he moved back to Scone in his old apartment, as he should. Um, but then... Why does he keep coming back? Well, he came back again to Aberdeen, and she... Or, he found you that know, she had cut up had all his clothes. Aberdeen, I think. I think there's a black cat. He has a nice name. Nice cat, too. That's good. I don't know how she died. I think she got ran over. No, she didn't get ran over. Honestly, I don't know what happened to her. She may not have had a cat named Aberdeen. I know someone had a black cat named Aberdeen. I don't know who. Someone did. Okay, keep going. Okay. So, he went back to Aberdeen to to find that she had cut up all his clothes. So, keep in mind, the first guy, David... saved a camel or two? Yeah. So, David, she burned all his clothes. This guy... Or, this is David. Okay, no. there's two David. Okay. Yeah, okay, the there's first guy. Bl- biblical dudes. Yes. She just loves people named David. She has a lot of, th- she has this thing with double names. There's gonna be a John back-to-back in a second. It goes, um, 
David Stanford, and then David Saunders, and then John Chillingworth, and uh, John Price. So this is so confusing. So I'm going to keep using his last name. So this is Saunders. Um, all his clothes were cut up. Um, so then he decided that it would be best for him to go into hiding. So he's, he like, FBI. pretty much, but just Safe without house. that. Undercovered. So, uh, Catherine obviously tried to find him, but no one told her like where he was, like that they even knew where his plan was to go because they were all scared of her. But several months later, Saunders returned to go see his daughter and found out that Knight had gone to the police and told them that she was terrified of Saunders. And that he was so abusive and did all this awful that stuff. sneaky little... Yeah, so then the police filed an Australian version of a restraining order against David that stood for David's daughter and for Catherine. So he couldn't have any contact with either one of them. That poor daughter. Did she... Did her mother treat her good, at least? From... I didn't really hear much about how she was, like, as a motherly figure. I'm assuming not, like, great because her mom wasn't very great and like following the family tree kind of thing but who knows you know she could have been a good mom and just an awful person otherwise so maybe yeah uh after all of this happened she met another man she really is just swiping through on tinder uh <laughs> john chillingworth this is really shortly lived. I'm not going to go into this too much, but uh, she was shortly involved with 43-year-old John Chillingworth. She got pregnant and gave birth to a boy named Eric from oh, John. Of course she got pregnant. Yeah. Um, their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man that she had been having an affair with. Enter John Price. Are you kidding? No. This is John Price. Um, John Charles Thomas Price was born on the- Charles! <laughs> was born on the 4th of April, 1955, so he would also be 66. Why um, April? I don't know. April's such a weird month, but I do like spring. Spring is nice. It is. I, I, I don't love spring, <gasps> but- You take that back. I just don't like the rain. It's, like, yeah. humid. <sighs> yeah. There's, like, no rain. Ricky me on. Okay. Um, Stop looking at me then. Okay, okay, I'll stop looking at you. Um, He was born in 1955. He was the father of tree... (laughs) He was the father of a tree. He was father of three children. Of a tree? Of three children. (laughs) Before he had gotten a divorce from his ex-wife in 1988. Who's his ex-wife? Wait, he had three children? Yeah, with With his ex-wife. Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah, but they divorced in 1988. It was with... What's her face? No. Girl we don't like. Catherine. Um, so his two-year-old daughter, uh, had remained living with his former wife, but his two older children decided to keep living with him. Uh, he had a lot of money and he worked in local coal mines. So, to pick up some extra side cash. He is going to die. Moving into John and Catherine's relationship. Maybe. Uh, you'll get to, you'll, you could to make that assumption. So Price being John, um, was very aware of Catherine's violent reputation that she had. Um, and she decided. Did she kill the kids? No. She, I the told you there was okay? nothing like bad. Yeah. With the kids or the family. So she moved into his house in 1994 and in 1998, uh, a big, big event happened. Uh, Catherine Catherine really wanted John to propose to her and get married. 
but he wasn't doing it fast enough, so Catherine decided that she was going to do it anyway, and John refused the proposal. He did not want to marry Catherine. Um, and in retaliation, Catherine decided that it would be a really good idea to make a fake videotape to say that he had allegedly stolen from his work and then sent the tape to his boss. Oh my god. Yeah, because he didn't want to marry her. So Price was fired from a job that he had for 17 years because Dude. the boss had no other choice. That... Yeah. I... She... She gets my nerves. Yeah. Well, thankfully, the same day, he kicked her out of the house. Okay. Which is good. Yeah, it, it needed did to be done. Did he burn her clothes? He did not do anything with her clothes. Um, and a few months later, Price restarted the relationship, but he would not allow her to move in with him. Like, he did not want it to go very far. He was very clear about that. Yeah, he st- restarted the relationship with her. Yeah. That, that's smart. Very that's... smart. Especially the way it pan- pans out for him. So the he fighting dies. got even worse now. And most of his friends would no longer want anything to do with him if Catherine and John remained together. Like, the, he was really sacrificing everything for this woman and getting nothing in return. So now... one side there. Very. Now we're going to move into the heavy events that are going to occur. So in February 2000, a series of assaults on Price resulted in... Okay, so, okay, I'll explain this. So a bunch of, like, assault charges were filed on Price, um, and, like, on Price saying that Catherine had assaulted him, if that makes sense. Like, a bunch of them were filed. And that obviously made Catherine a little bit upset, and so she stabbed him in the chest. Oh my god. Yeah. But he's not dead yet. This is just a little... Yet. Yeah, it was just like a little jab, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a little, just a little jab. Yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing okay. crazy. Okay, that, that's good. <laughs> so finally he was fed up, and she, even though he said he didn't want her living in the house, she still was pretty much staying there most of the time. Um, and so he, like, permanently said that you cannot come over anymore, and she is, like, banned from his house. On February 29th, uh, John Price stopped at a scone majestries court on his way to work and What's took out- scones? It's They're a, so it's a gross. Oh, the food? I don't know. I've never had a scone. Um, and he put out a restraining order in an attempt to keep Catherine away from both himself and his children. So, you know, he was serious this time. Well, his children are fine. It's him, but it's not. Yeah. Um, that afternoon, Price told his co-workers that if he didn't come into work that the next day, it would be because Catherine had murdered him. So, a lot of these people just seem to think that Catherine has a real murderous strike and no one's doing anything about it. So, that was something he told his co-workers before he went home. Uh, and when he got home that day, he found out that his kids were all the way for a sleepover at a friend's house. I read on, <laughs> I read on a Wikipedia page, so that's why I didn't put it in here, that, um, Catherine had sent the kids over to a friend's house, but I don't think that's very credible, so I'm not gonna, like, say I'm not going to say that officially, but that was something I read. Could have. It's, it's very likely. Yeah. So, either way, all the kids were not at the house that night. Um, so, John Price had spent the evening at his neighbor's house before returning back home and going to bed at 11 p.m. Earlier that day, though, Catherine had bought a new black lingerie set, and she was eager to show it off. Yeah. Um, she later arrived at John Price's house while he was sleeping, sat watching television for a few minutes, and then took a shower. 
So at this man's house that now has a restraining order against him, she decided it would be a really good idea to just chill out a little bit. Um, and she is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and John didn't even know that she was in the house, by the way. Like, he's still passed See, out on the couch. We were talking about this early. It's so easy to break into someone's house and then not know, and then just kill mm-hmm. them in their sleep. Like, yeah. Literally, it is. So. I, I just watched a woman surprise her husband. Like, she came back early from a trip, and then she, like, w- followed him throughout the house without him knowing. There was dogs there that, they like, tried to alert him, but he didn't take, the, like, the signals. He even, like, dude. She followed him around the entire house, and then when he got in bed, she jumped out behind a curtain and scared him. It's so easy. That's, like, scary. Like, that- people need to prioritize their safety. Like, that's something that always needs to be a top concern. Um, so, okay, so she had a shower, chilled out, watched TV, um, and then she woke up Price, and they had, you know, a little discussion and decided, you know what, for- good time's sake, let's, let's do it one more time. So they, you know, had intercourse. Um, and then the next day at 6am, the neighborhood became kind of worried because John's car was still in the driveway, which means that he hadn't gone to work. Um, and his employer decided to go ahead and go send his coworker to go see if anything was wrong or why he hadn't showed up to work or not called in or anything. Both the neighbor and the co-worker tried knocking on John's bedroom window to wake him, because he's still in his bed, uh, but, or he's not still in his bed, but, you know, obviously mm-hmm. he looks like he'd still woken up, um, and so they decided to alert the police after noticing some blood on the front door, on the doorknob, to be specific. On the outside or inside? Outside. Oh. That's... Yeah, they didn't go inside. So she left. Yeah. Um... So I guess you can kind of gather what I'm getting at now. So I'm going to go and just say it. Now we're going to go ahead and go into the crime scene, which is awful. Fair warning, this is actually awful. So um, the police arrived at her ho- at his house at 8 a.m. They broke down the door and they found Price's body with Catherine passed out on the couch next to it after consuming a large amount of pills. So she first kills somebody, tries to kill herself, but then ends up getting caught. She's not very good at this. I think that she wanted to get caught. I think she was planning on killing herself and then getting caught. I don't think she, you know, Well, was... she's not a good murderer. She needs to step up her game. Well, <laughs> she did step up her game. Just you wait. So, um, she had stabbed Price with a butcher knife. I of bet course. one of the ones that was in the bedroom with them, uh, while he was asleep. And according to the blood evidence, he had woke up to turn on a light before attempting to escape and Catherine chased him throughout the house. Oh my god. Yeah. So he managed to open the front door and get outside, hence the blood on the door handle. Um, but he had either stumbled back inside or was dragged into the hallway by Catherine where he finally died from bleeding out. Later, um, after all of that had happened, after he had been killed, uh, Catherine went to Aberdeen and withdrew $1,000 from Price's account at the ATM. I don't really know why that happened, but she did do that. And she also purchased a bunch of pills that she had took that day. Um, so Price's autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed at least 37 times in both the front of his body and the back, um, with many of the wounds extending to vital organs. So she'd really really just gotten in she yeah yeah she was not messing around 
So, several hours after Price had died... Okay, this is when it gets bad. So, remember how I told you that she... Her dream job was to work in a butcher shop, and her dad worked in a butcher shop, and she loved it. She'd gotten really good at carving things. She'd gotten so good, in fact, she knew how to completely... She carved her face in his stomach. No. Pumpkin. No, she completely knew how to take the entire skin off a pig in one slice. And so she put that practice on to John. Uh, she had skinned him after he had been dead. Um, and she had done it in a way that his entire, his entire body came off like, like a suit, basically. Ew. Yeah, so. What she do with it? Just, just because? She hung it up on a meat hook in the, um, like, the archway of a door into the lounge room. Like, the living room kind of thing. Oh, God. Yeah, so she was really skilled at cutting people, and she put it to the test. She really put it to the work. Um, and so that is, it's awful. And I looked at crime scene photos, and you can see, you can't see the, the skin that was there, yeah. but you can see, like, the blood, like, from it hanging. It's awful, like, Ew. on the floor, yeah. So, um, she decapitated John as well, like, a clean cut, by the way. She really is good at cutting him up. I, like, don't know, <laughs> um... Uh, so yeah, she decapitated him and cooked a bunch of parts of his body. Specifically, she, again, butcher, she cut, like, steaks out of his, like, butt, basically. Ew. Like, the fat and meat. She, she's a cannibal. Well, she didn't eat it. She, so she just cooked it to, to, for it to go to waste? Well, she did more than cooking it. Um, she had, he, she cooked off his head and she, cooked up a bunch of body she parts. She cooked his head? Yeah, in a pot. It was Did still hot the when the animals? police got there. No. Um, so she served the meat with a baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. That's such a weird combination. Um, she had two plates. Well, she had three plates. One she threw in the backyard. No one knows why she did that, but she did. But the other two she had put on the table. And she'd put little note cards. So imagine you're at a wedding and you need to find out where you're sitting. You look for your name on a note card. Well, that's I've Catherine. Never done that. Oh, I have. <clears throat> well, Catherine decided to be an absolutely wonderful host and do that for John's kids. <gasps> Their father was cooked on a plate for each one of them when they arrived home with the placemat next to them with their name on it. Oh my to god! To tell them to eat that. Did yeah. They? No. Uh, the police got there before the kids did because they were at a sleepover. So, she was, you know, preparing all these body parts to serve to his kids. Uh, the third meal, like I had said, for unknown reasons, was thrown in the back lawn. Um, but it was speculated that she had tried to eat it, but, like, couldn't get past, like, the chewiness of it. Because where she had, like, cut the, the, like, steaks out from, I guess, was just too, too salty for her taste, apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, but so, but she didn't eat it. Uh, Price's head was found on a pot uh, with vegetables on the stove and water, like a little stew. Um, Ew, that's ruining vegetable soup for me. Yeah, well, so picture this. The pot is still, like, warm when the police got there. So all of this happened in the morning. Like, this is all, like, still moving, like, right before the police got there. So sometime later that morning, before the police got there, obviously, um, Catherine had arranged uh, his body... Like, without the skin on it. Um oh, that's so gross. Yeah, with his left arm draped over an empty 
to it and a quarter liter soft drinking bottle with his legs crossed. So that's just like a fancy word for like not a full two liter and like a not a full two liter pop and then his arms were like draped over it. Ew. Yeah. Uh, so she positioned the body at the dinner table. Um, and so she had also left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of John. Um, and the note, I didn't, I don't know what the note said for sure. So I didn't put what people had speculated just because I don't want to spread anything like false. Cause the, the things that people had claimed that she had written all the way for like assault claims on John's children, like from John and like to cheating. So like there was a, nothing, like no middle ground there. So I just didn't put anything. Um, but so it was the note was blood stained and covered with small pieces of flesh. Ew. Very gross. Um, so where are you, we're actually, about, we're about to go to the trial, but that's, that's the crime scene. What do you think about that? You have any, any remarks? I don't like her, never liked her. Um, John, eh, I still feel bad he died, but at least the other John and David didn't have the same fate. That's true. Yeah. So now I kind of wish she turned out to be cannibal, kind of like cannibal Lecter. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's she's described as the female cannibal Lecter, but she, but didn't, she didn't eat, eat anyone. Yeah, I don't really know why she's called that. I think they're just looking for a connection. But yeah, let's move on to the trial now. So Catherine's initial offer was to plead guilty to manslaughter, but she rejected it, and um, was arranged on March second, two thousand one, to on be the hung. No. For a trial on the charge yeah. of murdering John Price. Uh, she entered Hitler. a plea not guilty. Her trial was initially fixed for the 23rd of July, 2001, but it was adjourned due to her lawyer being sick. So she couldn't, like, testify. Um, then it was refixed. So, like, a new date was the 15th of October in 2001. Uh, the morning after the, like, changing of the trial, uh, Catherine Knight decided to change her plea to guilty. And the jury was dismissed. So the trial's no longer happening. She said she was guilty. So now the judge is going to appoint how many she, how many years she gets sentenced. Well, so, she's stupid. So the judge had adjourned the trial and then ordered psychiatric assessments overnight to determine if night, overnight, that was funny, no pun intended, <laughs> to determine if Catherine understood the consequences of a guilty plea, um, so, basically, he was trying to make sure that she was sane and could, like, serve time for it. Uh, well, she really doesn't have a choice. She shouldn't get a choice. Yeah. So, two psychiatrists concluded that uh, Catherine Knight had been suffering from bipolar disorder, um, as well as depression and sociopathic tendencies. So, like I had said, bipolar, like, split personality very much makes sense now, especially, like, with her sudden change in mood and everything like that even growing up so that being said though the psychiatrists both said that during the murder she was completely like cogniz cognizant and knew exactly what she was doing um you know reminds me of who the mom of hereditary yeah kind of yeah definitely Ooh, i don't like that movie <laughs> That's such a, ah, okay. Okay. So on the stand, the description of the skinning and decapitation of John Price made Catherine Knight hysterical and she had to be sedated to continue like with the, the, the trial. She did it. Yeah. So that was a big thing. Cause people are, were like, well, if she's like 
bipolar and wasn't in the correct like mental state when she committed the murder like maybe she like wasn't conscious for it and then that reaction to hearing like the news seemed so like raw and real that people are like well maybe she isn't fully conscious she's also a psychopath and they can fake that very well yeah and also um not to mention the fact that uh i have no clue what i was just about to say um (laughs) you were like (laughs) okay oh my god wait what was i about to say now you're sounding like me okay you said something about she's a psychopath Oh, she, she also removed the it. guy's entire skin in one, like, piece. So I think you have to be pretty conscious to be able to do that. But that's just my opinion. You know, I feel like you need to have some kind of mental ability uh, to understand how to do that. So the judge had sent- sentenced her to life imprisonment and refused on a fixed non-parole period and ordered that her papers be marked, quote, never to be released. End quote. Uh, that was the first time that this has ever been imposed on a woman in Australian history. So she made history. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it is good that she's never getting out. So in June 2006... Hey! Yeah. So in June 2006, Catherine Knight appealed the life sentence, claiming that the penalty of life in prison without the possibility of parole was just too severe for killing. I she disagree. She should be, like, killed, like, hung because of that. You are so obsessed with her getting hung. People don't what? hang people anymore. They should. They shouldn't. You can't say that. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. Well, this was denied, obviously. Um, so now I'm actually almost done. I'm going to end this with a quote from the Justice McLean. Um, he wrote in his judgment on Catherine Knight that, quote, this was an appealing crime almost beyond the contemplation of a civilized society, end quote. I didn't so, understand a word you just said. It's awful. It should never have happened. And people, normal civilians, can't even comprehend it. Okay. Like, this is so out of touch with our society. Thank you. Yeah. So, that was the Catherine Knight case. What do you think? Well, like, the worst part is, is that she didn't really have a motive for either one, like, eat, like her killings. It was, like, yeah. just, like, a spur of the moment just because kind of thing. Yeah. And that's so hard, too. And I hate that it, you. it's, like, so hard to put, like, a pin in exactly when this, like, her mental shift started happening, you know? Um, which is why the history of, like, alleged abuse, I feel like, is so important to kind of give you a background on why she might have done the things that she did. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess that's all for us then today, unless you have anything else you want to say. Mm, I'm good. Alrighty then. Thank you for listening to Deadly Archives, and I hope you liked this episode and were very intrigued. You probably didn't. Yeah, and, and that's okay too. We, I'm pretty tired. I don't know how my delivery was. Um, but yeah, that's the Catherine Knight case. Um, come back next time for more then, right? Drew? Yeah. Sure. Alrighty. Okay, bye. Bye.